welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to this spirit-filled word by David Entry. When you catch a word, you have caught God. May you catch a word today that will cause God to change your story. Be blessed. 2 Peter chapter 3. Permit me to do what I've been doing for the past three weeks. Reading from verse 1 all the way to verse 13. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord Jesus and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness. But it's long-suffering to us what? Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burnt up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens, being on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you once again for your word of faith, your word of grace, and your word of truth, and your word of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so last week um, we spoke about the day of the Lord. And then when you look at the text today, you can see from what we've been following Peter started addressing them and telling them about the signs and how false prophets are like. I've gone back into chapter 2, right? <laughs> so he was saying, these guys are useless, good for nothing. Don't follow them. Then he comes to chapter 3, then he starts encouraging the believers as to how they should get themselves ready and not to forget because sometimes it's very easy to have gospel amnesia. He forgot what the gospel is saying. And that was the problem he was dealing with. That you can be in church and hear all that. You know, you've seen people who are backslidden 
and they have all that they've had. Now, what, is that what you are saying today? It can happen to human beings. You can forget. So it says, I want to stir up your mind, pure minds by way of remembrance that you do not forget. Because sometimes in times of crisis, you can forget. In times of challenges, you can forget. Sometimes when crisis hits you, you've forgotten that God is a faithful God. You've forgotten the things you used to say to others by way of encouraging them. Now the encouragement has jumped out of your life. Because you can, you can forget. So that's why it's always good to be reminded. It's always, and sometimes not only bad times that make you forget. Actually, most of us, the reason why God, the reason why God has held up that breakthrough is because your propensity to forget is quite worrying. You can forget very quickly once you get married. Yeah. You can forget how you used to be a single and cry to God that God, just one thing, just one thing. And I promise that if you can give me a son like Hannah, God, if you can do this for me, if you can give me a wife, if you can give me... <laughs> a lot of people, when times are good, they forget so quickly. Good times actually make us forget more. That's why maybe the times haven't changed so quickly for you. Because God wants you to be so entrenched. By the time times turn good, it really doesn't make a difference for you anymore. The Bible says, I've learned how to abase. <laughs> Philippians chapter 4, from verse 12, they say, I've learned how to abase and abound. I've learned. He used the word, I've learned. In all things, I've learned. He says that I know how to abase and how to abandon everything and all things. I have learned. So God will teach you so you can learn. But what God requires of us is always keeping our eyes on him. Whether times are good or times are bad or times are normal, he always requires us. So what's more important for God is not your laughter. I know you didn't hear what I said. What's more important for God is not your happiness. What's more important for God is not your breakthrough. What's more important for God is your connectivity with him, your dependence on him, so that in spite of whatever happens, if you can still depend on him, that's more important to God than anything that can happen in your life. What is worse than sin? Listen to this very carefully. So long as God is concerned, what is worse than sinning is your independence. Your independence of God is more worse to him than your sin or your falling to sin. Because if you, even if you, are not, if you are not falling to sin, if you are independent of him, you will end up sinning worse because you do it your way. But if you still retain dependence on him and you stumble, you keep looking at him and come, coming back to him, that God help me. How many of you have been in a situation where you needed God's help urgently but you felt you didn't deserve it? And however, for some reason, God showed up. Because God actually likes it when we know he's our only hope. He's our only source and he's our only help. And so what's more important to God than your breakthrough is your connectivity. Jesus told them, Bible says that the 70 return rejoicing, in, according to Luke chapter 10, from 17, 70 return rejoicing. And they said, Master, even the devils were subject to us. He just said, no, let not that be your point of reference for rejoicing. He said, don't rejoice because demons were subject to you because I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Satan is not a problem. Your connectivity to God is what the problem is. He says that rejoice that your names are written in heaven. 
your point of reference for rejoicing or boasting, Paul said, forbid it that I should boast, save in the cross of Christ, for to whom the world has been crucified to me. He said, if I will boast, I will boast in the cross. I'll boast. What people look down on, that is our point of reference for boasting. So God loves your dependence on him. As soon as you become born again, you lose your independence. That's a sign that you are born again. That's a sign that, so sometimes the way you want to do it, you just can't do it. Because there's, there's, there's God in your life. The word of God, the Bible says that the love of Christ constrains us. Second Corinthians chapter 5. He said, the love of Christ constrains. There's something of God in you that doesn't give you the liberty to do anything. Even though sometimes you are bent a particular way, you are so determined. There is the desire naturally, if you are left to yourself, by default, you react in a certain way. But because you are born again, because we are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our heart, which cries, Abba, Father, Galatians chapter 4, verse 6. He has sent his son. So the spirit of sonship that is in you bars you from behaving freely. Like First John chapter 3. From verse 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. He says that it's anyone who sins is not of God. <laughs> you know that the Son of Man was manifested, um, verse 8 and 9. <laughs> he who sins is of the devil. Let's all say that together. He who sins is of the devil. Whether he's a preacher, he's a prophet, or he's, he's, a, uh, he's a farmer, <laughs> or he's anywhere. He who sins is of the devil. Listen, what somebody says doesn't matter. What the word says is what matters. The Bible says, he who sins is of the devil. I know it's getting interesting now. Some people are of the devil. There's no difference between the one who is sinning and the one who condones sin. He says, you, you win people. You go... Land and sea, Pharisees. You go, what we tell you, Matthew chapter 23. You go, land and sea, to win a proselyte, and you make him twice the son of hell. Can you imagine? Preachers can destroy your life because of what they preach. They destroy your life. Suddenly, a righteous sister like this, look at the way you've started behaving. Because there is a certain preaching that is condoning, that is excusing your misbehavior under the guise of the love of God. That's why the teachers will be judged more. Whoever sins is of the... Now, some of you are thinking, it looks like I'm one of the ones. (laughs) Because of the stuff you were doing last night. (laughs) The scripture has caught you. He who sins... Is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. For this before the Son of Man was manifested. Look at verse 9. I've got off. I'll come back to my text. Whoever has been born of God does not sin. Ah. Because when you are genuinely born again, you lose your independence. There is a higher influence of God over your life. You, now, when he said does not sin, it doesn't mean you are impeccable. We are not talking about perfection of your life, but by the direction of your life. The direction of your life has been changed. Sometimes your life might not be perfect, but your direction is not what it used to be. If your direction has not changed, you are not born again. Don't tell me that's how you were born. Everybody was born skilled. You are born liking things you are not supposed to like. All 
of us, there are things we can't stand. But he who is born of God, see that not. What does that mean? When you are born of God, you can't continue comfortably. When you find yourself in it, you, you feel bad. I'm glad you feel bad about what happened last night. I'm glad you feel bad about it. Someone must tell you what you did has exposed you to the devil's harassment. Satan has been given warranty to operate freely on your field. Satan is in your backyard. He's in your garden. He's your garden and you are excusing him. Buy some uh, force repellents. <laughs> this preaching is like a force repellent. <laughs> to repair. But uh, when you are not in a good state, when you attend a bad university, your grades are always okay. Every bad grade, it's fine. They pass you through this. That's why the university is bad. But very good invested men, before you get a grade, they are so stringent. They are so stringent and they produce quality. So we all need God. We didn't come to church for fun. We came to church so we can gain God. And Somebody here must be saying, I need a bit more of God, please. Give me some God, more of God. I need a bit more of God because the days are evil. I need a bit more of God so I can be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy. I need a bit more of God. It's, it's, it's okay if you are disturbed when you are comfortable in your sin. You should be disturbed. You should be disturbed when you come to church. Other than that, other than that, I, I'm, I'm afraid because God of promises also is a God of patterns. And when you watch the pattern, it brought chaos. In the beginning, Bible says that the, the earth was without form and void. That was chaos. And God brought order out of chaos. The same word that brought order out of chaos brought chaos back when they sinned against God in, uh, uh, in the days of Noah. That's what the text is saying in 2 Peter chapter 3. Let's go back and look at the text. He says that, verse 2 says that, that you be mindful reminds us. Verse 3 says, knowing this verse, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts. Now it's their word that matters, not the word of God. The reason why they reject the word of God is so that they can have their word. So they have to come up with all kinds of ideologies under the guise of research. I've done research, I've done research, and I've concluded that it doesn't matter. We have to come up, propound, our last is propounding doctrines and ideologies. Let's go back to the text. So, verse 3, knowing this first, that they shall come in the last days, coffers walking after their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? The challenge is promise. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, that faith we see who has promised. But now they are questioning the promise. Why? Because of their own lusts. The word of God is not important. Oh, we are talking also saying Bible, Bible, Bible. Watch such people. Well, especially them kind who call themselves Christians. Who tell you what's Bible, 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 Bible. Anybody who calls themselves Christian and disdains the Bible, don't trust them. Satan will use them heavily. Because almost false, listen to this, almost false is still false or wrong. And it's the most dangerous of all errors. Because it looks a bit like the truth, so you won't be able to see it quickly. 
It looks like there's truth mixed in it. That's how Satan operates. So he doesn't operate with uh, total force. No, no, he, bring, he can bring about 99% truth and uh, insert one force that can damage every other thing. His purpose is to inject the force into your system. So you bring all truth that you agree with. Just to make your, now you are relaxed. Swallowing everything, hook, lime, and sinker. And then he has the force. It's the most dangerous of all force, of all errors. So people will use their own words to dismiss the word of God. Whether they are prophets, apostles, titles, or no title. What they say is not as important as what the word of God is saying. And there are ways that people can also misinterpret the word of God to say what it doesn't say. One of the things that when you are born again and you are filled with the Holy Spirit, some of the basic truths is so obvious in scripture that when someone says otherwise, there's no way you can. And they can come out with profound theories from scripture to feed their lust. And some of us, because of our lust, that's what we want to hear. Bible says that they will heap teachers they will heap up teachers according to their own desires. Second Timothy, I think, chapter 4, yes. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. You see? Opposite of sound doctrine. So you go away from sound doctrine because sound doctrine can sometimes rob you in a, in a hard way. Sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, King James, what does King James say? Give us King James. But after their own words, last. Shall they heap to themselves teachers? Now, now, this is not, they, they are not the one doing the teaching. They are looking for teachers that will feed their last. And then in 2 in Peter chapter 3, he's telling us that these people will come out propound doctrines and ideologies denying the promises of God based on their last. So teachers who are pursuing ministry career based on last, and they are People who are feeding based on their last. And so we can have an entire organization built around last in the name of Christ. The teachers are teaching based on last. The listeners are listening based on last. The most dangerous one is when you want society to feel like you are all inclusive. The gospel has never been all inclusive. The only door into Christ is repentance. You have to be converted. Did you hear what I said? There are people who are in church who are non-converts. They are fun. They are gospel. They like it. They are, you know, the fan. It's a Facebook, your fan page. Yeah. They are gospel sympathizers. They are gospel supporters. But they haven't converted. There's nothing wrong with conversion. <laughs> conversion is a necessary entry point into Christianity. Either you are in or out. If you don't pay your taxes and you are not a Christian, I can't come and use in the Bible to attack you. The system will deal with you. The system. But if you're a Christian, then I have every right to tell you this is what the Bible says. So what the Bible says primarily is for Christians. If you choose to be a Christian, then you have chosen to live by the word. 
If you can't live by the word, I say it with boldness that you are not a Christian. Yes. Wow. You are not of God. Wow. If you, if you, there's a difference between we are, all of us are striving to incorporate the word into our lives and every now and then you know you find yourself wanting and you find yourself falling short of the glory. That's different from someone who said, no, I am the authority, not the word. I am my own authority. You are, it's a sign that you are not a Christian, please. You might believe Jesus died and rose. You are still not a Christian. Jesus said, they, 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 because of you are not of God, you don't have God's word in John chapter 8, verse 47. He said, he that is of God does what? What He that is of God does what? Hearing God's word. You, you hear, you give attention to God's word. Like Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. said, give attention to my word, my son. If you are a son, you give attention to the word. If you love God, if you are of God, you give attention. What? It doesn't matter how you are feeling. What the word says gets you. It gets you. It's for some reason, it gets you. The word. That's what defines who Christian is. <laughs> Not uh, feeling a form and you think you're a Christian. It doesn't make you a Christian. Your father can be a Christian, but you are not a Christian. Your mother can be a Christian and actually a prophetess, if there's anything like that. And you're not a Christian. It's when the word has you. That is the sign that you're a Christian and you're growing. Anything that moves you away from the word has moved you away from God. So are you a Christian? Let's check how much the word is getting you or how much you are subject to the word. That is what, it's not how much you come to church or how much you shout. You know the charismatics, we have managed our, sh- come on. Amen, amen. Some, some people are here because you have a court case next Monday. <laughs> yeah. Some are here because you, you desperately are determined that you don't want to hit 30 if you are not married. You have to get to marry. You have to marry before 30. That's why you are coming to, that's why you have joined the choir. That's why you have joined the arches. That's why you, are, you, have, you have subscribed to join the host team. That, that's why you are on a mission. Who for the joy that was set before you, <laughs> despite the shame, endure the cross. <laughs> but it's not because you are hungry for God. That's why every department you are, you create problems. It's not, it's not, you, please, let's, let's cut to the chase. This thing is about God. And if you love God, it will show in your reactions, your attitudes, your behavior. If you love God, come on. We have too many unchristians pursuing Christian uh, ideologies. You go to hell. <laughs> No, no, if you are not a Christian, you are going to hell. That, that's, that's the, the first, second Peter. There is good news. Sometimes you need to hear the bad news to help you to appreciate the good news. If you are not a Christian, you are going to hell. You see, this is a big God. Thank God. At least the big God believes in the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. Wow. How this kind of bigotry. I can't stand it. I can't stand. You two angels can't stand your stinking, yes, yes, yes. stinking, thinking. The word. This whole thing. Very soon, Christ is coming. Very soon, Christ is coming. And all the things we have been running after, living our lives by, we will see. This is what the false prophets have been doing. They try to, they, 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 they try to make you forget the gospel. Forget the key things of the gospel. How come? 
How can, how, can you, how can you live an effective Christian life and lose sight of the core things of the gospel? Yeah. It doesn't work. You can't do it. If you can't, you'll be tired. You'll be walking in the arm of flesh. Mm. Yeah. The source of our strength is the Holy Spirit and the word which we obey. Yeah. Let's look at second Peter. Let's go. Let's go into the text again. And saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of what? The creation. They go to Adam. Said, Nothing has changed from Adam. For this they willingly are ignorant of that, the, as I taught you there last week, that the word of God, or that by the word of God, the heavens were of old. So it's the word of God that created the order from the chaos. And Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, talks about how he sustains all things by the word of his power. It's the word that created it and the word that sustains it. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 17, it talks about, and he is the beginning of all things, and by him all things consist, things are upheld, are kept together by Christ, who is the word. So it takes the word to sustain our world. The word created the world. But look at the second Peter. It says that, verse 5, for this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflown with water perished. The same word brought the chaos. So you have to, even if you are forgetting the promise of God, look at the patterns of God. There's a pattern we can see. God created order from the chaos. And when they turned their back against him, he brought chaos into the order. And then he brought order into chaos in Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, they all spoke with one language. They all together. And then when Ananias and Zephyr came into Mesa, he brought some chaos there. God keeps doing that. Watch the pattern. So he was saying that the fact that things haven't changed in your days doesn't mean things didn't change in the past. And so nothing has changed since I was born. Jesus said he's coming. The promise. Where is it? Where is it? And these are people who are supposed to be preaching. And sometimes my brother preachers must remember, my brethren, remember that there are certain comments when you pass. It might not be direct but invariably to cast doubt on the core things of Christianity. Oh, so every day Jesus comes, every day Jesus, my friend, sit somewhere, let's think about our prosperity now. Hey, preacher, you are saying this. You see, you don't mean it in an evil way, but what you are doing, you are injecting negative vibe about the coming. Satan is using your, your words. There are some areas we don't touch. We don't, we don't, just like, how can you be a serious Christian? Say, my, my wife, the way she be is one day I will divorce her. Even, even if it comes in your mind remotely, you, you can't say that. You can't say that. Most people will say one day I'll divorce, they end up divorcing anyway. The reason why you are divorcing is because you planned it. You desired it. You kept saying it. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. And one day you pull the plug. The point I'm making is that there are things we can be saying without meaning evil but we inject evil yeah. as preachers. 
There are some things we shouldn't, it's a no-go area. We don't joke with it like they told Jesus Christ, come down from the cross. Come down. Papa says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sin, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. You don't scorn some things. You don't joke around some things. Now, what I'm saying is that in the same way, when it comes to Christianity, there are some areas, don't go. Even if you don't mean it, don't touch it. Don't touch it because you open a can of worms or you start a certain ideological ball rolling before you could say, Jack, it has rolled over to a place where you never intended it. Uh, so are you saying we should be closed-minded? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that when it comes to certain key things in Scripture, like the second coming, learn let us play with it. So there are some things, depending on your persuasion, you don't have to temper with them. These people said that they said it's coming. Since the fathers fell asleep from creation, nothing has happened. Nothing has happened. Whereby the world that, verse 6, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. Oh, so God can cause things to perish. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, watch this, by the same word are, are, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of the ungodly. Man. So there's, he said it's coming. Don't think it's not coming because you don't see it. Don't think lockdown can never happen because you live in a free country. It can. The fact that your mother never saw it, your father, your great-grandparents never experienced it doesn't mean it's, it's inexperienceable. That's why I think one of the things that is done well in schools is to try and prepare our... We can't forget history. They make sure students are taught this is we have days of memorial to, to remind ourselves of these things so we don't also slip back when i was in bible school one um one of our lecturers said they made a statement which i've never forgotten he, i think he's a historian he likes history a lot he says that history repeats itself because men forget about history he said history will repeat itself it has to because men forget about history so there are things that we shouldn't forget and one of the things that we shouldn't forget is God has brought judgment on the earth before and he has promised that he will do it again. <laughs> the way you love your car, all right. The way you love your material stuff, be mindful. But beloved, be not ignorant of this thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Oh, really? So it doesn't matter how long it's taking. So you may think, you know, those of you who drive, um, when you are in a hurry, especially when I am when I'm driving and I'm in a hurry going somewhere, and like, yeah, <laughs> and you go to a, you get to a temporary traffic light where there's road work. No, not a temporary traffic light. That's not the frustrating bit. But when there is, where there's road work and the thing is, it changes very quickly. And there's a few people before you, and now it's green. And this person behind, in front of you. <laughs> stops to allow all those from the side rows to come in. And then when they finish, instead of going, they take their time. And the thing is turning yellow, for goodness sake. Please. <laughs> Sometimes, and you can't do anything. And you feel this guy is mean. Because you are going through, you don't care about people behind you. You don't care if it turns red, that's fine, because you are gone. No, please, hurry up. I 
also need to make it through before it turns red. So because you are fine, you think God turned the red on. The Bible says God is patient. He doesn't have to, because he wants people to, other people to repent. He wants other people to. So when you are catching the train, especially at the cheap, it's about to, you're jumping. There's somebody says coming. It's not your problem. <laughs> yeah, you're already in. That's the same thing that's happening to some of us. You are already in. And so you think if God should do it, he should do it now. What's he waiting for? In the old, for all throughout scripture, particularly in the New Testament, the second coming of the Lord has always been imminent, not immediate. Imminent, not immediate. Imminent means it can happen anytime. Immediate means happening now. They always knew it was imminent, not immediate. So imminent, it can happen. Many people are saying it should be immediate. Why hasn't he come? But the Bible says that don't think God is slow. He doesn't count slackness. Look at the verse 9. Powerful scripture. The Lord is not slack concerned. His promise, if he has said it, he will do it. For he who has said it, and he will do it. If he has said it. Faithful is he who has promised, who also will do it. He is not slack concerning his promises. He said, by this, we have given great and precious promises that by this, we might be partakers of the divine nature. He has given promises. God keeps giving promises. Bible says that Abraham, through faith and the fathers of old, we shouldn't be slack. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12, we shouldn't be slack or slothful, but we should follow those who through faith and patience inherit their promises. You can inherit it if you are patient. And the, the promises of God require patience. Sister, you will get married, I'm telling you. You will get married so good that you won't believe. So is this me? Is this me? You wake up one day and you have a husband, not a boyfriend. <laughs> if you are patient enough, if you are patient enough, God is a faithful distributor. He's distributing it. Some get their own in the morning. Others get their own in the afternoon. Others get their own in the evening. Some at midnight. But definitely, if you can wait on him, wait, I say, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord, and he will do it. Wait on the Lord. That song said, wait on him. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. He will renew your strength. So wait on, stay, wait on the Lord. Come on, let's go. Wait on the Lord. He will renew your strength. So wait on, One more time. Wait on the Lord. Hallelujah. Wait on the Lord. What would he do? He will renew so wait. Let's learn how to wait on the Lord because he's not slack concerning his promises. He is not slack concerning his promises. Has he said it? And will he not do it? Has he spoken? And shall he not make it good? Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. For God is not a man that he should lie. 
neither is he the son of man, that he should repent. Has he said it, and shall he not make it good? Has he spoken, and shall he not do it? Has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Bible says that, and it came to pass, Genesis chapter 21, verse 1, it came to pass that the Lord visited Sarah as he has spoken. Oh, come on. I think I'm preaching to somebody. It, oh, that moment is coming. That moment is coming when what the Lord has said will do. No, these are patterns. Some of you here, you remember God promised you a job. God promised you. You, you remember. And today is history. Now watch this. Don't ignore this pattern. That means the bigger thing he said you do. The bigger thing he said you do. You, you, oh, yes, I'm telling you. Has he fucking and shall he not make it good? When he promises, he's faithful. Never forget that scripture. Faithful is he who has promised. Who also will do it. He has promised. Hebrews chapter 10, 23. Faithful. God is faithful. His name is faithful. Our God is too faithful to fail. He has promised. Hebrews chapter 10. For he is faithful that has promised. For he is faithful that has promised. In the verse 35, 36, look at verse 35, Hebrews chapter 10, said, cast not therefore your confidence, which has a great recompense of that confidence you have in his second coming, that confidence you have in his word, that confidence you have in obeying. Don't throw that confidence away, because sometimes obeying God subjects you to a lot of pain. Sometimes you feel like, no, I've had enough. I can't do this anymore. I won't take it this anymore. I won't take no, don't cast away your confidence. When you are obeying God, don't look at the circumstance. Look at his faithfulness. Look at his promise. Look at his promise and continue obeying. Let us not cast away our confidence and he has a great recompense of reward. Recompense, compensation. Insurance can give you compensation for all the things you are lost. God can give you a great recompense and then the reward. Look at the next verse. verse. That's where I want to go. Verse 36 that for ye have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, ye might inherit the promise. Hallelujah. You have need of patience. Tell somebody you need, you, you need patience. Or tell somebody else, I need patience. I need patience. We have great need. He says that don't cast away your patience, or you need patience. Yes. So that after you have endured, you said, so you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. Please sit down and let me run up. If I were you, I would not have a problem shouting hallelujah at all. Shout hallelujah! We are Christians. We are Christians. We are people of the word. Our confidence is in the word. Our confidence is in what he has said. Yeah. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but his long suffering. Long suffering is patient, not willing that any should perish. He keeps the, the traffic light green longer than you think he should. When, before you got there, you wanted it to green, to stay green. After you got there, you think now it can turn red. Please. He doesn't want any to perish. It's not that God can't deal with that guy. Not that God can't deal with you. But it's just that he's giving you enough rope to, to change. Yeah. Why? Because there's a day coming. 
<laughs> Watch this. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to us, what not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Oh, repentance matters to God. But the day of the Lord uh oh, will come as a thief in the night, because when it's coming, a lot of people will not be prepared. A lot of people will not be prepared because they are following this where the promise is delaying, where is the promise delaying, and suddenly, said, for the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away. Oh, really? With a great noise. It's not like something secret. People be like, oh, what just happened? I have something. Ma'am, where are you? No, no, that's not it. It's everybody. It's coming with a great noise. More than a bomb has been drawn. With a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Uh, heat. Global warming is nothing near this. No, no. This is global burning. <laughs> Heat, yeah. You'll be there. you see your car melting. Yeah. You see that big house you don't joke with. You have spent all your Sundays decorating the house. And instead of going to church, you are decorating and watching online. As you, as you are putting masking tape. Yeah, watch uh, this pastor is funny. I'm talking to you. <laughs> I'm talking to you. <laughs> One day, that thing will burn with fervent heat into ashes. God is not slack concerning his promises. One day, everything is going to reduce to rubbles. Everything is going to reduce to ashes. Come on. Like the way people said it will happen. In fact, the, the Titanic... I said, how? Even God cannot sing this one. <laughs> Not even God can sing this thing. It's first maiden voyage. It didn't survive. Because their confidence in what they have done, they thought that even God should have let God out. Should have let, and say, atomic bomb can't sing this. Should have left God out. He said, even God, you know what you're talking about? Even God and a small iceberg sank it. <laughs> it's a tiny iceberg. Sand that massive, massive stuff. They thought it would, can never happen. Is there possible? Is, it, is there a possibility? Is it possible that there are things God has been warning you about which you think will never happen? It don't happen. It don't happen. A lot of people think some things will never happen. Just like you think you will never die. Yeah? You think if you are dying or not now? In the next 80 years. Really? That's the surest thing in life. The only most certain thing in life is death. But none of us prepare for it. We live like everything is going to continue like this. Really? For real? People die. Death is as sure and as certain as life. But unfortunately, most of us behave like it will never come. You are treating your husband, you are treating your wife, you are treating your children, you are treating your leaders, you are treating your church, you are treating your God as though all there is in life is this. Please, there's another face coming. You can't forget it. And let me run up and let me show you this. It says that, by the day of the Lord, when you see the day of the Lord, in some places it's called the, the, the day of the 
Lord Jesus Christ. Other times it's called the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Other times it's called the day of Jesus Christ. Other times it's called, it's called the day of Christ. Other times the day of God. And other times it's called that day. Another time it's called the day. Different, different, different phrases to mean the same. I can't give you the scriptural references because of my time. I've told you too many stories. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heaven shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burnt up. All your Gucci shoes. <laughs> you are better off investing to church building. No? Okay. <laughs> because that will not be bent. It's an investment that will follow you. Now, see, this is the way I wanted to come to. Verse 11. I think it would be nice if we all get to read it from the screen. If you don't mind, please do me a favor. Shall we all read it, Allah? Let's go. Let me get out of the way. Let's read it again. Let's go. What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy home? Let's read it from New King James Version. New King James. Let's go. Knowing, seeing that this thing that everybody's running after is going, what kind of person are you supposed to be? You see, when you have this in mind, it influences your personhood. It influences your behavior. It influences you when you are being under temptation. The approach to life and ministry heavily comes under super godly influence when you know that these things will be dissolved. So can you imagine the flip side of it? When the preacher tells you and preaches like these things are not happening, can you imagine the impact on the kind of Christian life you believe in? Accommodating anything and everything. Because after all, it says, let us eat and drink. If we die, we die. Yeah, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, from, from verse 30 something. He said, the Epicureans, their philosophies, let us eat and drink. Verse 32. If in the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantage it me? He said, being a minister, I fought, he said, I fought with beasts of Ephesus. But these sufferings I've gone through, what advantage do I get if the dead does not rise? Yeah. And I've, I've lost so much. Right. All this forgiving, forgive, I forgive, I forgive. It's all waste. Yeah, all this is not. You, some of you have got some lucrative opportunities to fornicate, but you didn't. Offers that will not hurt you in the now. It looks physically. Opportunities to walk away from that woman, to divorce your wife. You could have done it. And you suffered staying with this woman who, in your estimation, is the devil's assistant. Watch this because of your fear of God. Because of that day, you know that I, I know in whom I believed. And I'm persuaded that he's able to keep. All that have come until that day, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. Because of that day, 
that day you are confident that what you have committed to is able to keep on to that day. Being confident of this very thing, Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, that he who has begun a good work should be able to until the day of Jesus, you know there's a day coming. There's a day coming. Second Timothy chapter chapter one verse eighteen. You know there's a day. It's that day you are working towards that day. The Lord grant him that he may be uh, he may find mercy from the Lord in that day. Your eyes are on that day. That day. There's a day coming. There's a day coming, and you strive to meet the Lord on that day. He says that. In fact, that day is also called the day. He says that many people who have built with wood, straw, hay. First Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 12, he said, you either build with gold, silver, precious stone, or wood, straw, hay. Verse 13 said, that day will determine it. The day, the day, the day, the day. The, for the day will declare it. There's a certain day. It will tell what sort. All this singing you are doing in the choir, we think you are doing well, but the day will tell what sort it is. So, you see, when you have that day in mind, it influences your behavior. It influences how you forgive people. But Paul said that if only in this earth and not that day, but only in this earth we have hope in the ground. We are all men of uh, most miserable. And he says that I've fought the beast of Ephesus. I've suffered all kinds of things. And if, if the dead does not rise, then I've suffered in vain. I've suffered in vain. Look at what he said. If the dead do not rise, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die and the matter is ended. But unfortunately, or fortunately, depends on where you stand. Fortunately, the dead rise. That's our good news, but it's bad news for some people. And Peter said, I need to tell you about the bad news, that everything will melt away. So knowing the scene that day is coming, what sort of man, what sort of person are you supposed to be? What, let, me, let me put it this way. What sort of Christian are you supposed to be? That two by four Christian. Come see, come sir. Can't be bothered. Even your attitude towards church attendance tells us that you, you don't intend to make it for heaven. <laughs> heaven is not part of your frame of reference when it comes to life philosophy. Heaven is not part of your uh, frame of reference. It's not part of your repertoire of things that need to be achieved in life. Heaven is not part of it. It's not, thank you, it's not part of your to-do list. So he said, Peter said, set a reminder. And that's why I said, I want to remind you. You need to set a reminder. Every now and then, alarm must go. Uh, you have to remember, heaven is coming. Set a, that's why I said, I want to remind you. Set a reminder. It's knowing that that day is coming, what sort of persons do you have to be? Look at the next verse. It calls it the day of God. Looking, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. We are in church because there's a day coming. We are in church because God is not slack concerning his promises. We are in church because we are believers. Doesn't matter what you have not received now. People are sharing testimonies. It's not about testimonies. It's about a day coming. That day should be your biggest testimony. That day. That's why we are in church. Some of us, you have to 
make a fresh commitment. You have to make it. God sent me because you know God has been speaking to you. But he now has to use this to remind you. Say, it looks good, but you know things are not good. It just should come right now like a thief. You will, not, you will not have one thing left. Everything will burn because you never repaired for his coming. We are going to pray. And I want everybody to pray that prayer. Lord, help me not to forget. Help me not to forget. Help me to remember that you are not slack concerning your promises. Help me, if I forget about your promise, not to ignore your patterns. Because there are patterns around me that show me that your promise is true. The promises of God and the patterns of God. Help me not to forget about the patterns. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. When God speaks, works show. And the works will surely show in your life. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.